0: Good evening and welcome to Psychic Cop Shop. I'm Ace Knight, and with me tonight is Sonia Zazazlo with her new book, um, The Way of Anina.
1: Yep, The Way of Anana.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Nana. Okay. Let's just make the dyslexic go crazy today, shall we?
1: Oh, it's perfect. It's a, it's such a fun, you know, she, she'll yeah. accept anything because she's super open. She, <laughs>
0: Right. Well, she's one of the older Sumerian goddesses. And, you know, those are, you know, both sorts So how did you start working with her?
1: You know, I I have always been, first of all, my, I have long been connected to the end of life and to death. Like as a young kid, uh, really interested in near-death experiences and death. And so she is really a goddess of the death mysteries. And um, when I... You know, I went in, I did um, my undergraduate degree in thanatology, which is the study of death and dying. And then I went into social work and did hospice social work. So I've, I've really been in connection with end of life and, and really intrigued by death as a, you know, as a, a process of evolution. And so when I stumbled upon her in my research into the divine feminine, it just really just felt as though she, you know, she was reaching for me and saying we you know we know each other. It yeah. really feels like a past life uh devotion. um okay. so-
0: <laughs> That's very interesting and very um complex at the same time. You know, one, you know, a lot of times when I'm working working, you know, I'm a child of the Morgan personally and you know, I've worked with Anana a little, I'm more Hecate style and if we're gonna work on that level of generation. You know, but, you know, the Sumerian gods don't get a lot of press anymore. You're so right. that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so how was you when you were trying to do the clinical side of this? Because you're dull trained. You're an actual psych- psychotherapist. And you're in a channel. So you're dull trained here. So how did the clinical side of you take this?
1: So the... In terms of looking at analogous circumstances that we're dealing with in this current era in our contemporary lives, um, the clinical lens really supported the understanding of her myths from today's perspective okay. um, and how it can be applied, you know, okay. um, mm-hmm, which is fun. <laughs>
0: it, is. it is interesting because, you know, a lot of people get stuck in these myths and they go, oh, that's just old stories. The threat of time is like the threat of the mess. You know, if we talk about different things that she's done, you know, being the lover, taking deliberate actions, living it with your gut instincts, those are so important in your well-being. So, and, you know, starting to work with her, how was she to work with?
1: You know, I love that you asked that question Um, because I have a teacher, dear teacher of mine, Shasta Zering, who, who when I was writing um, the book, you know, she said, are you going to put a warning label on that? Um, and I just love that because, you know, it, it just highlights the potency of Inanna. And um, But when I worked with her, began working with her, it felt like there's definitely a, an, a, an intensity to it, but in intensity in such a positive way, it's really like come on, you're ready to let go of what's no longer serving you. And it's just this energy You also simultaneously feel her support. And so you can tap into her, her, her courage, her faith, her, her strength, because she, she's the goddess of love and war. So she really, she balances um, these polarities as she's uh, in the morning star. And she has all of these epitaphs that, that really capture her, her multidimensionality. And so when I started working with her, it was such an invitation for me to accept my own multidimensionality and and to open my heart to the shadow aspects of me, right? Which is what she does in her descent story. Right.
0: So, Which powerful. she is the original descent goddess? That's right,
2: right.
1: right.
0: You know, um, <laughs> that, I, that 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 has been applied to so many. I mean, already down in the She's like, I know this pathway. Let me show you the shortcuts. You know, but they apply it to a lot of different goddesses that In training, there's a degree level called the second degree and it talks about the descent of the goddess and, you know, we're kind of getting into that era right now with, you know, in the US of going into the fall, which you see that as the God has been getting her descent from, you know, Stalin to, you know, from Mavon Um If you want to go Greek theology, it's Persephone returning to hell, um, and it's a lot of tagging that in there. So, how do you honor that each year?
1: Oh. Uh... Well, there's a lot of different ways. She, you know, she had a lot of celebrations in in Sumer, um, in ancient Sumer. She was the new moon celebrate celebrations, her new moon feast. So she was celebrated really regularly. But the new year was the biggest celebration for her because in the descent at, at the end, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the essence, of course. She's like right. she's for sure one of the first teachers of ascension, but in the process she has to choose. Of course, I know you know this story, but in the process she has to choose a replacement for her in the underworld,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, in a, I perceive it as a skillful choice. Um, she chooses her beloved, and. Uh, you know, really, if you look at it, it's offering him his own process of initiation right. to grow into his his um, wholeness. Right. Um, but his sister wants to share the year with him, and right. so he, when he rises, um, mm-hmm. is, is the time where there's a huge celebration for her in this union, this Hieros gamos, you know, sort right. of sacred union together. So, mm-hmm. um, so the way that um, you know traditionally it was celebrated, but for me personally, I like to celebrate it in the new moons. I like to I like to celebrate her as often as possible. I bring her into the sure. full moon And That happens
0: when you are, you know, a patron or you are um, a devotee. You know, there's many words say that you actually work within that energy and you work with that energy. How was when you were more and being a channel at the same time? Did you like get confused sometimes on your guest list?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, no, you know, I, I always invite her energy in um, mm-hmm. to support. Um, she is such a powerful teacher of self-love and and as you know in the work that you do, mm-hmm. so often that is what folks are seeking this capacity to heal so that they can embrace themselves unconditionally. And so um having her <laughs> in the space with me is is helpful in the right. sharing work, you know
0: it is it's very helpful having her in space and you know having her with you. Absolutely. How did she get started with this? With, with the fiction story.
1: Oh, sorry. I just uh, blanked out the the volume. Blank. Uh,
0: how's your extension story?
1: Uh, well, the 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 process. My own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How I got into connecting to her. Yes. Yeah. So my process with her really was a, a felt sense of like remembering my own past life connection, really feeling like that there's like an agreement to bring forward her message so that she could show up as an Ascension teacher today. And, you know, there's just such a a powerful process unfolding right now on the earth plane and that wisdom and the understanding of how to raise our vibration, um, to be able to move through our Ascension process, to support the Ascension process of the earth is so valuable. And it really feels like she, intended to be present for this. And there are so many people around the world that are really remembering her. Um, and so I I feel like perhaps it is those that have been in connection with her in the past, you know?
0: Very possibly. I mean we know looking through the research we have done and been able to do with past life theory. And yes, I'm going to say theory because you know we have to. Um, There is a lot of debate on whether you keep the same religious views and practices from one life to another. Now, if we look at that understanding cycle of it being a um, situation that is that you know you keep that thread that cell memory from one to another it could highly explain a lot of what we're seeing now in the religious practice a lot of what we're feeling now a lot of what we're going through and questioning as we make this shift over from masculine energy and masculine driven energy into a more feminine energy and that's causing a shake up with a lot of things you know Big push socially for to break the patriarchy. We're seeing a matriarchal ideas being re explored. We're seeing more homes headed by women. Breadwinners are the women. Um, So, what's your thoughts with all this stuff being thrown at us, you know, as we're going through this, like the switching over and having to work out this? thought pattern idea it's of the what i want to call three-year-old tantrums going on
1: absolutely <laughs> you know that in in, in a, from a psychotherapeutic perspective when we're shifting out of old patterns it's very common for that pattern let's let's think about it like a habit um to really dig its heels in because it's it knows it's about to be dismantled so it gets super loud um you know if you were thinking of quitting um you know, whatever, coffee or something, uh, mm-hmm. your, your desire for it would increase um, to the point where, you know, it's just overwhelming. Just because it knows, you know, you're quitting. <laughs> so yeah. it really, it looks actually to me as something that's positive. It confirms that this shift towards balance, because the divine feminine, um, you know, really isn't about, uh, dom- it's not a dominating energy, right? Which is so, right. so beautiful, it's really about being in alignment with the divine masculine, and right. so we turn to balance. Just it feels like, oh, bring it on, <laughs> yeah,
0: and turning to a better situational setup with it, absolutely, uh, which allows us a better comfortability. Um, but I think that we're you know, we're seeing this more and more pop up. We're seeing it more and more with authors popping up and writing about this information, getting this information out there. But we're seeing it in real time. Yeah. You know, example, you know, we're just lost a very strong feminine leader, the Queen. Um, Mar- you know, Germany for many years has been ranked by feminine energy or Mark. you know, done very well. We look how Ireland is doing know, you know Australia did. there was a lot of you know their prime minister is was female, New Zealand doing the same thing. So I don't get why people throw a fit about it.
1: Do you you think people are, are throwing a fit about it?
0: Oh i know I sit here and see it all the time right I mean we right. you look at social media alone the crap that gets gets thrown out there, we would not have seen 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. We would have brought, you know, a a female vice president, one, I think 20 years ago was overdue. And two, some of the stuff, you know, we see coming out on Twitter is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really, you know, what is, you know, really going on here? How is things really going on? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so what's your feedback?
1: Well, I agree. I think that there's this, I think what's occurring is, is there's an adjustment happening where people are having to um, embrace this shift in paradigm that's unfolding. And, um, you know, the, the skillful energy of the divine feminine, because it's so unifying, you know, it's circular, it, it, my um my my hope but also my my intuition um guides me to see it as it's that it will be integrated and this is one of the reasons why it's so valuable to have Inanna's presence now because she does integrate she integrates the polarities of the masculine and feminine she's she's really beautifully balanced and that medicine is so so helpful right now you know encourage that that integration
0: yeah right and you know balancing that energy you know right now i mean because we've got let's talk about it we've got the ukraine and russia who apparently misplaced the doomsday device and their submarine we don't know according to it we'll be talking about that a little later but you know we've seen so much struggle going on there but we've seen so much take on and like let's go to war Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, mmm, this sounds interesting. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, my guy's been going, you know, we back the real one here. You know, this dude doesn't know how to fight. Let's show him how to fight. What has Inanna said with you about this? Or have y'all had commentary about it?
1: The there's this energy, you know, that comes so much through with it with in all of my interactions with Inanna, all of my experiences with Inanna, which is, it really feels like she has access to her. You know, she is a goddess of war, but I interpret her, um, her as equipped with the capacity to slay separation consciousness. So it's it's okay. more of of a warrior of light, and um, okay. and so I feel that energy. I feel the um, the way that you know, her, her focus around this is, is like dissolve that, that step. Cause you know, when we're conceptualizing mm-hmm. the idea of war, we're thinking from a separate right. perspective, a, a separation consciousness perspective and, and everything from her energy is about moving towards unity consciousness. So when I tune in to, you know, sort of what's going on here, mm-hmm. um, it feels like the strength of her her presence is is an invitation to say, wait, look, we're right. all connected. Let's readjust in this way. Let's see right. how we can support each other. Yeah, right.
0: You know, um, and that gets really hectic in there because you know, we're seeing Vladimir lose head you know, and have been seeing him like lose his ability to actually control his generals. But, you know, we're also seeing a hero that nobody thought was anything, you know, popping up and, you know, actually, like, making us look at our leaders and go, can we trade? Like, we'll give you 50 of them for one.
1: It's it's such an amazing um, time here, really, yeah. on the Earth, because there is such a feeling of change afoot. And that energy, um, you know, I'm sure from the lens that you're looking at it from, as in the work that you do, it's mm-hmm. so exciting because people are in, there's an inspired energy of like, okay, right. well, things are changing. How do we want to, how do we want to direct this? And really the right. amount of messages from the heart, right? So then you tune right. into what you're talking about of like, mm-hmm. hmm, let's explore ways that feel more aligned with literally love over fear. You know?
0: and- home and family and foundation and you know all those things that start leading up you know i very much reflected the history and looking and go okay when did we see this oh we saw this about 100 years ago oh we're doing the 109 year cycle got it you know that type of thing yes yes absolutely (laughs) how's your reading because you do readings you do soul readings how are they different
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: how are we different? Well, uh, I'm sorry. There seems to be just a delay in the um, right. The there may be. Um, so, how are we different? Well, um, the the process that I use, I tune into the, Akash, the akashic records of the individual and um, and access their guides. And there's really, I mean, it's very similar. The the process that I use, I don't use tarot, but um, but you know that it's a gateway, right? right. So it's it is accessing um right. such a similar way um and I think that there's a huge crossover because the intention is to help individuals to understand you know the way that I work is I help mm-hmm. people understand um their soul's journey from the perspective of their their their, their life's journey from the perspective of their soul so then it, it shifts it's really very much like what Inanna offers which is this you know idea of going through initiations, the challenges in our life, are initiations to our evolution. So when we, when we shift into the lens of the soul, we see how we're all connected. We see that we literally are all one and it mm-hmm. alters how we engage with the world, you know, and, and also right. how we engage with ourself. So we do this transformation internally of self-love that then <laughs> is, um, is broadcast from us and, and, right. and informs how we interact.
0: Right. Um, And your readings are called soul readings. So you're Mm -hmm. reading from the soul level. Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: do just basic readings. I do a lot of tarot readings. I'm more of an ER psychic. Call me in when he isn't calling and let's see where the chart went wrong type stuff. Um, You know, know, call me when we want to go over a business that's failing and let's look at the five points that you messed up in your astrology chart and why you're even in this business. That type of messiness. What's your favorite style of get, you know, because that's my favorite? Like, and I'm sorry, I love my Jerry Springer clients, you know, bringing that type of thing. What about you? What do you like, Rita?
1: You know, I love looking at karmic patterns that are surfacing so people can understand what's being played out and not just think, like, what the heck is going on here. So, connections with people, um, relationships, and unpacking what each person is supporting the other with, um, even when it's complicated. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's fun for me.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds enlightening fun. Um, <laughs> so I get put out your website so people can actually go there and book. It'll be in the show description below. Um, and also we have the Amazon link for you guys to hop over and grab the book on Amazon. You can order her book. It does really well. Um, so, what's your what was your designed audience for this book?
1: Well, it really is anyone who is ready to remember their mission um, and to that that remembering of the mission and is is what um, helps you open your heart to yourself. So anyone who is ready to deepen their experience with their life and okay. and walk their purpose.
0: Okay. And really, you know, start understanding their purpose. Now, you know, it offers rituals and practices. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about those rituals. Are we talking like three days in the desert with a backpack and a candle? Or are we talking 45 minutes? Okay, see you later, goddess. I got to go cook dinner.
1: (laughs) Yes, much more like that. Um, You know, I love rituals so much because it's so effective and so fast in... Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's really about, uh, bringing our intention and our attention to the practice of ritual. <clears throat> it's so individual and creative. Um, and, but what is wonderful about Anana is she, she fits into, um, and that's really the, the hope that, um, that's really the aim of the book is to help see how, even though she is, uh, you know, a very ancient goddess that she can fit seamlessly into the contemporary context. And so it is practical. The rituals are practical. They are, um, yeah, about, you know, 30 yeah. minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that's important because, you know, some Buddhist teachings talk about meditating eight and nine hours a day, and that doesn't fit modern life anymore. It's like, you know, I look at the gods and look at the patterns of the gods and I understand like Uranus got the, you got, you know, power over the internet and Mars is now taking up power of vehicles. I want to know who is the goddess of cell phones, you know? (laughs) you know, mm-hmm. when I talk to Morgan, I'm like, so are you going iPhone or Android? And she's going, I don't need either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, I'd be so curious to know who it is. <laughs> who yeah, is you know, is. Mm-hmm.
0: because as we look, and a lot of people get stuck on it's, well, she's goddess of war and, mm-hmm. you know, death and, you know, love. But, you know, yeah, that's a little piece over. She's all I'm like, Really? do you think do not think God, goddesses and gods of war have not been going over here going hmm you know i think i'm trading a chariot for a tank <sighs> and you know and this spear has been very nice but that car 57 lightning bolt there works really well
1: <laughs> upgrading always yeah. That's the beauty of the of feminine consciousness is this openness to um really um Embrace our evolution, right? So there's, you know, and Inanna really, really represents the plasticity of that. She's flexible. She's, she reminds me of, um, of an artist who continuously reinvents herself because her creative vision is so strong. It's continuously evolving. And there's an acceptance right. of like, you know, well, I was doing this before, but now I'm doing this. <laughs> and That's it's so just, funny. it's such a wonderful. Um, teaching for us in human form to, to Mm -hmm. allow ourselves to evolve into who we are, you know, and not be held fixed to where we were before, you know, Mm -hmm. and also open our heart to where we, where we were before so that we can go forward without being tethered to the past, you know?
0: Right. And not being stuck within that layer of, well, this is how it has to be, you know, I am the leader of the household or I am this or I am that. I mean, after 4,000 years, I'm sure or not, I was like, yeah, I used to do that. I'm not an image for that. Yeah, they used to burn animals for me. Now they just leave me text messages.
2: That's I right.
0: so much more efficient. They can just leave me a text message and I can be done with it.
1: <laughs> I, I love that so much. I love that. That's exactly right. <laughs> go mm-hmm.
0: yes yeah and you know phoenix brings up you know, a reminder the bluetooth symbols are is a binary it is a binary for communication and protection um so cool and when we come back from we'll we take a second i want to talk about Sumerian text and if you've explored some of that okay yes
1: absolutely
0: uh, so let's go ahead and take our half hour break and we'll come back and talk about some Sumerian text
1: Awesome. Awesome. Hi, I'm
0: Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well,
3: one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen.
1: The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and
3: videos, all related to trying to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So,
1: you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic dot com.
4: Safe travel and much profit to you
3: have a cute pet, we know you do. Each week, Tracy van chooses from submitted photos, a featured reader for her Facebook page, and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVann.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet.
5: Hey everybody lady gwendolyn here and i am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what i do i am the high priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal and i work with um access bars reiki i do power forms i'm recently getting into crystal healing sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing, that dot com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person, I do over the phone, I do over Zoom, we can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there I'm still going through it and let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey
4: everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com Visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils bombs, mystery boxes, and more, and visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one session with me, or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at The Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today.
0: All right. Welcome back. So let's talk about some Sumerian texts and symbols. You know, we see commonly like the Pentagon was water forever um, during the Sumerian times. That you know, they felt that how how much research or how much did you delve into that? Like, did you have to get put on some white gloves and head to a library?
1: <laughs> I did go through quite a lot of Sumerian texts and a lot of um, the. You know, there was there was so much backstory. To Inanna's story, so I wanted to understand those. Um, you know, there's there's a whole backstory uh, that I talk about in the book about what sort of leads her to the descent um, mm-hmm. that comes from different um, myths. You know, um, wow. and so there was a lot of research <laughs> um, for sure, but it it was so profound to explore it because the Sumerian texts came through or have been translated not um reinterpreted you know and that's so different and significant you know? it but,
0: is. yeah it is. i mean you know when it's translated and translated direct versus reinterpreted it's really important now there was a scandal back in the 80s about some text um sumerian text that had came out and it was mi- it was not it was interpreted it wasn't translated and a lot of it was like okay well i don't know what you were doing or what story you were writing but it wasn't this one <laughs> when they went back and looked at the original documents it's like black and purple <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i absolutely and they're, they're um samuel noah kramer and diane wolkstein collaborated on this, this, one of my favorite books um, that their interpretation and translation, he was involved in actually translating the descent of Inanna, but she was a folklorist and and he was a sumerologist and they combined forces, which to me is so much like Inanna in the sense that it's, you know, it seemed... First of all, there's that balance of the masculine and the feminine, but also the, of these two disciplines. Mm-hmm. So their translation, their joint project was so felt, you know, when I read that, that contains her myths, I just felt Inanna. It felt like so on target
2: mm-hmm.
1: in part because it was this beautiful blend, this it, very much what Inanna is,
0: right. it, really yeah, very powerful. very much a balance and a blend, you know, the mm-hmm. descent it, it's in itself seven different gates. Um, one of my sayings, and I'm sure those that have been around me when I've gotten upset, is Goddess of the Seven Gates. That's who I'm referring to as Anana. Um, you want to take a look at the gates, and you know, because a lot of people do not understand or have heard of these gates. The first gate is always the gate, uh, the call to spirit. Gate one. What's that chapter about in your book?
1: So in and and it's different, right? So the way that I set the gates up, that well that particular, that is my first gate and I titled mm-hmm. the chapters the gates, but um that is really about her accessing faith in herself. It it works with the crown chakra. I relate all of the the gates to the various chakras that do not un, um they are not followed sequentially. Um right. they are um you know, they are really like from an individual's perspective, when we engage with the healing ourselves, it's wherever our wounding is most, um, prominent. So we go into the, you know, sort of like where the scar tissue is. Um, so it, 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 it's individual, but in this, um, in this book, the call to spirit is her, uh, really acknowledgement of like it's time for me to begin my initiatory process something's calling me my soul is wanting to evolve and she has to have faith in herself because in the descent no this is she's venturing to the great below where no one is allowed to return from you know and there's something that she has access to she has this faith that like She's going to come back. (laughs) So this is the development. And and faith, you know, I'm sure you see this in your work, that it's such Mm -hmm. an important key in our evolution, you know, this faith in ourself, to be able to walk this initiatory process and make it through and evolve and ascend. Well,
0: yeah, but having faith in yourself is so important. One of the biggest problems, especially here lately, is self-worth. And that comes from having faith to do what you need to do. Um, and then the second gate is the for in your book is the healing ancestral relationships. Yeah. This and in that gets me a little bit. So go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in that particular gate, we work with the um, we work with the throat chakra, and it has to do with, you know, in this story, the idea of of claiming, you know, your what is your true voice. So you assess. From your lineage what it is you wish to perpetuate and bring forward mm-hmm. and uh, and what is not your your voice and whether you need to let it go um, but this it is a development of your own your own you know um your own truth and being able to articulate your own truth um, but in the sto- in the book we go through a particular myth um, where it's called inanna and the god of wisdom where she is um being she knows and she sort of sets this up to be gifted the the me the me is the may is what it's called it's spelled m but the may from her her grandfather Enki which are the sacred cultures of the land the spiritual powers of the land but Inanna goes right to her people with them she shares them right away so um, but that's her that's part of her her. Um, makeup is that she sees herself as a leader, as someone who's here to uplift humanity. So that is our authentic for her to be able to provide that. So right. it's a, it's a, um, I like this particular uh, story so much, this myth so much because it, it really reminds us of, of the power and the gifts available to us as well from our lineage. What, what are the strengths that can support us going forward? Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Right. And then moving on to um, moving beyond addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, this one seems weird for a goddess. You <laughs> know, if you start thinking about addictions of the gods, I, I don't really, you know, that's not the first one that pops into my head that we need to be sending off to rehab.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So this is, uh, this is a, this one relates to this chap. this gate relates to the um, solar plexus and it's about the myth, the, Hulupu tree, which is a tree that um Inana is planning to use the wood from this tree to build her her throne and her bed. So her her queendom and her and her womanhood and and her sexuality, you know, and um and but when the tree is ready as the right size she goes to it and she finds that there are these three beings that are inhabiting the tree and they will not leave and it takes this process of her working through uh the release of the of these beings in order for her to actualize the um the the her her bed and her throne um so so she's moving through this this um the fears that are in the tree this is these are attachments that she releases and that's really correlated with With our our you know from a clinical perspective, with with addiction in the sense, in addiction is addiction is addiction, right? It doesn't matter what the type, right? Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. um, there is there's there's something there that's that is at the root of it, right? And so we have to work through that, whether you know whatever is the wounding that's at the root of that addiction. So
0: I'm glad you bring up that point that addiction is really medication to a wounding
1: right versus Absolutely.
0: you know all oh, you know addiction is a addic- no it isn't there's it, any form of addiction I don't care what it is sex drugs rock and roll caffeine whatever there is a cell memory linked to that now sure. you know and there's a difference between operational addiction and true addiction and those are you know they get blurred now in headlines so much but i think this is going to be a very good chapter to look at that especially with that mythos that you're playing with it um and you know really delving into it and i used to connect to that with the solar plexus which yeah. is known as the spiritual connection um, in the education theory, you know your solar plexus is where all your spiritual information comes from, i.e., your gut feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Gate four is achieving positive body image and self-esteem; those are so important.
1: And Inanna is a goddess who insists on her physicality. She's really present in her body, um, and so she's a, a an extraordinary teacher in helping us reclaim our our sense of our physical as being a part of the divine not just not something we need to transcend but it's actually a vehicle to our movement into our divinity so Mm -hmm. it's important for us to have a positive relationship with it as we move through our our evolution um, because ultimately (laughs) the whole process is this lifting of vibration and if we're held in a relationship to our physicality that is Conflicted if we have shame or or trauma, you know, in in the physical, it's so important to to transcend that and to um, heal. So this this chapter is related to or this gate is related to the second chakra, Um, and the story, the myth, is definitely it's it's the courtship of Inanna and Dumuzi. So it's this love story of Mm -hmm. her and, and. this is such a wonderful culture because there is no shame in sex in this culture. And right. it's celebrated and holy. And um, so she's just a beautiful role model for this.
0: Very she- much so. And you know, that's something else that people, especially readers, need to realize is we're looking at a culture that doesn't have the body shame that we think of the same geological area of some you know, of you know, yes. Sudan area currently. There's so, now there's a lot of body shaming there, so I'm sure she's not pleased with that. Yeah. <laughs> the fifth gate is erecting sacred boundaries.
1: Yes, so important, and in our work, right? As in, in as intuitives, it's so important. Um, it's important as we. Um, Return to our mission on the Earth plane that we feel safe doing so,
2: right. and
1: that that's where the the sacred boundaries um, are so so important. And also, you know, the the collective energy um, just because there's been so much going on mm-hmm. uh, and so much struggle and pain, it's important for us to to not be always carrying what's in the collective around that, you know, cause it can, right. it can be so hard. So um, this particular uh, gate is connected to the root chakra and around safety. Right. And, and you know, know, setting
0: that safety, And you bring up something really important cause I preach this a lot. I see this so much out of new segments. They wake up, they get their ascension, they start working and it's like, they never turn off. And it's like, no, it's time to shut down. You need to, have you, I've looked at psychic and said, have you left your house this week?
1: You know, it's, that's right. It's so important. It's so important because it is that, you know, the more that, the higher the vibration, the more sensitive we are. So the more that we heal, the higher our frequency. And then the more sensitive we are, we, we want to be well-equipped to negotiate that. And to your point to, and this is something Inanna teaches in, in, I go through three of her hymns in this particular gate. And um, it's, she's really emphasizing, like, be where you are, you know, when you have the hat on as the, the medium or whatever it is that you're doing, wear the hat. But then when your role is as mother, wear that, that hat or your role as right. a friend or lover or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really honoring through the sacred boundaries, each of those aspects of our multidimensionality.
0: Right. Okay. And then um, our sixth gate is transcending the yeah. binary.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: this is a, a third eye um, issue that we work with in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it centers around a myth called the Holy One, a, a, a hymn called the Holy One, wherein she really... Um, she really prioritizes the discernment of the third eye for us to see mm-hmm. what is our truth. We're, we're, is this, she's, she's so powerful in the sense that she resists being confined and forced into a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, having to choose a particular orientation or whatnot, she, her message is use your discerning third eye to see what is true for you and live right. that, you know? right
0: and to work past that and finding that you are more than a zero or a one um you may be a 1.5 you may be a two you may be a four um and getting into that viewpoint is very interesting and then gate seven is probably the hardest one for pass to read i know it's the hardest one for pass to work past and that's surrendering to ascension
1: Mm-hmm yeah that um that covers the latter part of her descent and then the um the dream of dumuzi which is ne- another part of this story and then the return and so it is her her ascension but right. it addresses the heart chakra and um and really works with tuning in to what um is becoming conscious of what's in the heart because what's in the heart is what it shows up in our reality so Mm-hmm. really surrendering into the truth of our, our where we are today, um, mm-hmm. surrendering, you know, um, Inanna has to enter the underworld, um, right. they bowed low and naked, right? So she just mm-hmm. stri- had to surrender all of her. Right. Her, you know, her, <laughs> nails,
0: yeah. Or, yeah, her clothes, her smocks, um, even her shoes
1: right absolutely she is she is going in there completely naked stripped Mm -hmm. uh and that that's the surrender is like okay here we go we're going through our evolution but that surrender is why we start with the faith because we have to have faith in ourselves in order to truly surrender that Mm -hmm. that and that brings us ultimately the the surrender brings us into the heart you know
0: And then the next one here, which I think would be an interesting chapter for any priest or priestess, is the next steps for present day priestslash priestess of Anana or any goddess. Tell us about this chapter.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you know the, the the training, of course, of a priest or priestess is very long, and and it is such a beautiful uh, commitment. Uh, but this is meant. This chapter is really meant to. Um, to sort of spark your interest. Is this a path you would like to take? And it brings, it it integrates the other, the the gates and adds um, the additional aspects that uh, represent Inanna, including Mm -hmm. uh, her emphasis on what is present in the death mysteries, which is the unfinished business and resolving your unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) this ultimately, you know, uh, accessing uh, grace and, um, this this chapter really helps us to really pull the gates that we've just gone through mm-hmm. into in 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 to integrate them all and then explore how this shifts our perception of our world and how we want to live our life you know right. it, it um like the the idea of of conceptualizing it from the lens of a priestess makes, or priest priestess right. Makes us it invites in this um, desire to take action to support the collective, the earth, the mm-hmm. humanity, and to engage with the higher realms in on, on a regular basis to feel the magic that is present right. online.
0: And to feel the manifestation and to feel you know and question, you know, I don't know, I tell my priestesses all the time, focus on your community, focus yes. on your home. Because, you know. Priests and priestesses get, especially new ones. They want to go out. They want to, you know, take on the world peace, and everyone should be singing "Kumbaya." And it's like, can you get the hungry fed in your neighborhood? Can you get a potluck organized? Okay, great. Start with that. Start with those little seeds. Um, and I don't remember which goddess, it's, which god or goddess it's appropriated to. Um, but it's appropriated the you know the stone soup mortality. It's probably Caridwen. Um Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm more fluent in Celtic and you know. Yes,
1: I love it. Um, I love Caradon. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, and her potion that she's brewing yes. for her child. Yes. Um, and then looking at the descent of the goddess, and you know, this was a very pivotal time. The two times I've done it for me, because I'm dual trained. Pagan. So I've done this. It's a very pivotal time in my life. And when you come out of that, um, it's always that point when you're looking at your life and going, what is isn't serving me? Like, do I really need to be here? Do I really need this person in my life? You know, do I need to hand out some pink slips today? Right, right. now I do, you know, and I want to bring it back to a previous sure conversation. But you know, if someone is going to do this descent ritual, which mm-hmm. I figure is in this book, or they want to go and search out the descent and then do the ritual, guys, there's a in Dorothy Morrison's book. It's called Shifting of Energies, and it. Um, Another spell is called Tornado Alley. Both of those spells will change a lot in your life, whether you're ready for it or not. The descent and the reascension is another one that changes a lot in your life. So read the book; it's a good book. Have a notepad and pen. And yes, there's a test afterwards. <laughs> there will be at least one, but also realize that if you decide to go take this on this is not the chocolate ritual you're not going to wake up bubbly and happy the next morning and go oh life is grand um it's work it's spiritual work it's spiritual warfare at times with yourself with the environment but it's for your own growth so what are we doing next <sighs>
5: the
1: next project coming forward is a podcast um oh cool yeah the unapologetic heroin podcast wherein yeah i'm super excited about it um so that's what's on the back burner for well soon soon to be shared so yeah
0: awesome well you know we definitely want you back and get information that um Mm -hmm. When do you work? How do you work? Are you phone based? Or are you Zooming based? Or do they have to be in a local area? How does that work for you?
1: Yes, so I do it remotely. So with um, Zoom is great, um, and you can reach me on my website. And um, yeah, the the I mean, I definitely do see folks in person. But my clients like yours, they're they're all over. So Zoom is so effective. And it, and it was sort of the way I was rolling before all of this happened anyway.
0: <laughs> you know, I really wasn't that big of a Zoomer until mm-hmm. all the Panini happened. Yeah. Um, and then it's, you know, because I was on the road. We, we've been doing, I've been working in this business going on 20 years. I was on the road the, in 2018. We were on the road 46 weekends that year. Wow, and broadcasting two shows, and when the panini hit, it was like, okay, cocoon time. And then I had the debate of, do I want to do this?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, am I really doing the best here? No, it's no longer fun because you know I retired for nursing now twenty four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty no, twenty years ago. Where so it's twenty years since I completed my nursing degree, but you know I retired from nursing and I said I'm not going to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to play, um, and that's what I see this all as is play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I kind of took that different perspective of do what you want and you'll never work a day in your life a little too far.
1: I love that. Yeah, <laughs> do it.
0: <laughs> and we're doing great. I mean we we have podcasts, we have magazines, we've got Patreons. You know. This hasn't affected me. How about you? What have you seen from the clinical and also from the channel view, channeler view of this and this trying time with Orion right now?
1: Well, um, you know, this idea of really it's this collective dark night of the soul. So many people being invited to just explore. To your point, does this resonate anymore? Because if not, so, so many people... Making huge transitions in their life, um, mm-hmm. and and getting really, really going through a process of letting this dark night of the soul energy help them remember who they are. So there's this, there is this. I am actually hearing more of what you're describing. Of
2: mm-hmm.
1: I want to, I want my work to be aligned with my spiritual mission so that it doesn't okay. feel like work. Right. There's a big shift in this direction, and I love this (laughs) so much. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, But there's pain that goes with it too, right? Because you're letting go of old patterns. Old
0: patterns, old behaviors, old Mm -hmm. viewpoints. Questioning whether you, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people needing this book right now because they're running you they're already at like gate three and going, hmm, yes. "Do <laughs> I really want this ruby ring, or do I, or can, you know, th- they Thank take you. it?" Um, you know, and what I really also like is this is more the even though there's rituals in here. There's not a lot of, okay, so this is how you do, you know, you take the broom and you stir the cauldron and all of a sudden, Mr. Wright pops out of your life, pops into your life, that type of thing. This talks about the real work, the great work um, is what it's, this theory is known as, is called the great work and working on the death mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite um, mythos? With Inanna,
1: you know, um, I think the the myth Inanna and the god of of wisdom, because it opens with a scene of her, and I quote this in the beginning of the text of my book, where she's leaning back against a tree and she's gazing upon her holy vulva and she applauds herself. And I just love this so much for so many reasons, because the message is not only love yourself, but the message is, hey, in, connect with your your second chakra, your center of creativity, so you can access the creative capacity to co-create with source, to bring about a world that reflects peace, love, unity, literally, you have this ability. And she, she you know, in that gesture, she, I mean, I love the rest of the story as well, but I love the beginning because in that gesture, what she's doing is she's saying, you know, dissolve all shame, celebrate your power, celebrate your generative capacity and use it for good. Because what she does next is she goes to her grandfather and she seeks out the sacred cultures of the world and then she shares it with humanity <laughs> to support them. And I just love that that message. It's, it's we can all engage in this way. We can all look to how we can uplift how what we can do to support each other
0: you know? <laughs> well i think one of the most powerful lines in your book um, and i've got it highlighted here is as a mother she allowed me to let go of perfection sometimes i'm the mother i want to be and sometimes i'm not with her help though i am able to i sometimes i am able to let go of the judgment around this and accept my limitations to find a way to use them to become a strength
1: Hmm.
0: that that really should be like turned to a meme like get your press boys on this
1: (laughs) thank Um, you so much
0: (laughs) because you know we've got to realize we're not perfect you know we are in a culture right now that wants perfection and you know you got to use the right Tone and the right like this and the right like that, and you know, I don't know. Someone apparently thinks if your child doesn't like your dinner, that you felt as a mother, or you know, <laughs> you know, if there's shoes and crap all over your house, and yes, I am working on a cleaning system, you know, that you felt as a housewife ish um, person, and it's like, no, guess what? 50 years ago, there was a pair of shoes there, and the world did not crumble.
1: Mm -hmm, absolutely that's that's one of the reasons she's so relatable is because she she really brings the divine into the human by by way of her connection to her physicality and by way of her polarities. they're so relatable we can look at like how we can be simultaneously you know um patient and calm and loving and damn impatient, too, you know, Um, and she just puts it out there and she's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's how you are. And she embraces. you know, that's
0: that's divine. And you know, that's something else. I think your book does is realize and help people realize, whether you're a devotee to her or not, you have a divine spark. You can be a God and create chaos all you want. Yes. You know, go out and raise hell. Just make sure to put back where you got it from.
1: <laughs> she definitely, definitely reminds us that the divinity is that that the human path is itself and a, a, that the divine is inherent in the human mm-hmm. form and and that we can use our human experience mm-hmm. to move into even greater access to our divinity, that it's not separate, that it's a vehicle right. for it, you know?
0: Right. um, One of your sections is, farewell, finding your bearings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is this another psychological inventory chapter? Mm-hmm. If someone sees this and it's just flipping through the book or what is this?
1: This is uh, more about sort of the way in which the divine feminine was subjugated throughout history and why it it needs to be resurrected to restore balance. So it's sort of uh, helping us make sense of why the, for example, the second chakra needs this healing in the first place.
0: (laughs) And you know why, you know, you need to find your own stability. I think that, you know, do I think the divine feminine has been hidden for a while? Yeah, but I also think there's been a lot of guilt added to that.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: You know, a lot of guilt added to, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, you're the CEO of at least three companies, and you're trying to manage them at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. you don't have papers to hand off to the marketing department to handle this field trip and the, you know, something to hand off to the accounting department to figure out how much you spent at Kroger's, (laughs) it's learning to accept that, no, you're doing much more work and much more accessory there. Okay, Darwin. So let's, you know, talk about where to get your book at, where to get a hold of you, because we're at the top of the hour.
1: Wonderful. Well, I'm so so grateful for uh being able to share this time with you. Um, the book, The Way of Inanna, a heroine's guide to living unapologetically, is available at booksellers worldwide. So Amazon and all any place you can you would buy it's It's available um, as well as online um, and my website is shaunazalazzo.com so if you're interested in connecting and getting your reading let me know, reach out <laughs>
0: and are you doing classes yet? Or?
1: I do do classes, right now I'm not, uh, but they'll start back up in the new year okay, sure. well can you
0: spell that out for them real quick? sure,
1: it's S-E-A-N-A Z-E-L a Z O dot com.
0: And the links in your show notes below, guys. All right, honey, thank you for stopping in for a cup of coffee. Come on back when your podcast launches. Let's have a little bit of a celebration and some fun, okay?
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You have a lovely evening.
1: <laughs> you too.
0: All right, guys, we'll be back after the break with Joe.
3: Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast
0: that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service, or can be streamed directly from
3: esotericbookclub.org.
4: Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth. I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, Let's just figure it out. Bye.
3: Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Asa Knight, some of the best psychics in West Virginia, to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On The Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at pcsbnetwork.com today.
0: Hi, I'm Asa Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance in finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, If you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site. Great for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. All right.
3: Welcome back. And hello, Techie Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing pretty well. Well, that's not entirely true, but I'm here. (laughs) Hey, you've arrived. You've arrived. Yes. And I'm sorry if I messed your cam up earlier. I apologize to all you guys. Apparently, we're having that same internet issue again. So when I tried to uh, sit in the green room, uh, yeah, I noticed everything went to crap real quick. And I was like, run away. I didn't even notice, honey. Oh.
0: Oh, I gotta love
3: them. No, we don't. No, we gotta kill them. That's what we gotta do. Hey, Brenda. Hey, uh, Phoenix. Hi, Phoenix. Oh, my goodness.
0: All right. So, I kind of alluded to this, but it's being reported that Russia has apparently lost a tank. Well, not a tank, a whole submarine.
3: Oh, a whole submarine. Yeah. How, how does one lose a submarine? Did did grandmas get some snorkeling gear and just go beat it out of them? I'm not sure, but it's a good possibility. I mean, you know, like I mean, I'm just sitting here. Like someone needs to make some bathtub gin. Needed a bigger bathtub. What bad submarine jokes? <laughs> I've got them all day. <laughs> Alright, I will send you the report. Oh fun. So that we can cover this. Brenda's betting on farmers. I'm betting on grandmas
0: because I'm quite sure they have ideas for this. Oh alrighty. Farmers would not know what
3: to do with a submarine. Oh, there it is. So, yeah, Russian nuclear submarine with doomsday weapon has just disappeared. Russia's nuclear submarine has disappeared with its doomsday weapon, capable of reportedly creating a 1,600-foot radioactive tsunami. Um, (laughs) Wow. Wow. So yeah, North Korea reportedly fired a missile over Japan a few hours ago, and now Russia's flagship nuclear-powered submarine with its doomsday weapon have gone missing. An entire submarine in 2022 is missing. NATO has reportedly warned members that the nuclear powered submarine isn't in its White Sea base, where it has been sitting active since July. Officials are now warning, fear mongering, blame shifting, that Russia will use it, uh, use its uh, <laughs> Belgorod nuclear powered submarine and its doomsday weapon, Poseidon. Mm hmm. Oh, I
2: the
0: next generation of weapon systems uh, that the doomsday carrying a nuclear bomb with Italian media reporting over a sixteen thousand foot radioactive tsunami would result in doomsday weapon being used. The drone um, would drop the bomb in the in a depth of one kilometer near the co- near a coastal city where uh, uh anyway, anyway, huge wave smashes, hits, crows returning the environment and killing Look, smash go boom yeah u.s officers are always ready with a quote at this time. a with static intelligence experts oh yeah the author of putin's playbook it seems um rubber conference said that russia would only use this weapon as a last resort in the event of russia and the united states in a Direct, canonic war, and Russia is long. So, what would this weapon do? What weapon would much more advanced U.S. military have in its officer? The Rod of God? Makron 2.0? Anti-Makron Bomb? Because we all know the U.S. isn't sitting around scared of Russia without their own doomsday weapon. Added that the doomsday weapon on board the nuclear submarine most likely won't uh, won't be operational until 2027. Well, that's if they find
3: their sub. Yeah, <laughs> that's if they can find the sub. Okay. Um, Have you tried Subway? I- Have you gone to Subway yet? No. No. So, um, I find it interesting they haven't been able to find their
0: sub. I also find it interesting that. Suddenly, a lot of Russian shit is blowing up. Like, oh, I don't know. The fuel lines going from Russia to the uh, Europe have been sabotaged. We've had warships sunk. Their flagship ship is sitting on the bottom of the Black Ocean. He's having to buy stuff from North Korea because, A, it's the only one that will sell him anything. And, B, he's out of money, so he has to pay black market prices
3: all right i don't know i just kind of see russia like going to like i don't know i like i feel like russia is at flea market level for for armament you're going to start seeing vladimir putin showing up
0: at a gun show looking for weapons soon okay um my question is is however is his generals just said you know what why don't we take this and hide this over here You know the boss is a little crazy let's take because we've heard stories you know that the football that trump carried was not really the football um that was more so the soccer ball the football was more setting at the capitol um we are hearing different communications that you know a lot of things are not aligning really good um for Russia, we also have, you know, the Ukraine requesting a very quick entry um, into the United Nations, which is going to, in you know, Article Five is going to come into a conference there, and we may be a little busy reminding Russia just why the Russia.
3: At the same time, I know, I like. <sighs> Come on, Russia! It, like this, this is just sad. Yeah, well, like I mean, this is. I mean, I'm not really encouraging Russia to get better at war. Well, can't like, keep I don't up think it
0: the war because this is like a few things that have gone missing over the years. I mean, when we're you know, Soviet Union fell apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like I'm sorry. Did was Gorbachev like the the like brains of the whole operation? They've just kept him around this long until Putin was like, no, I don't need him. I know everything now. I know it all. I know it all. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. Then Gorbachev dies, and they go into a war, and it's like, dear God, he's lost everything. Well,
0: I think that you know, I, I think that it's like trying to
3: play war games
0: with toys. And you know, you let a three year old play with your game.
3: Well, but then again, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been it it's it's been right. It's been an experience. Um I like I I mean, I don't want to say I feel bad for Russia, but I kind of feel bad for Russia. Like this right. is an embarrassment. Like it's just this continuous, never ending embarrassment right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't want them to be good at it. Right. Like I'm kind of glad to find out no, they really suck at this now. Yeah. Like they really had it going back, you know, 50s to the through the eighties. Right. Um, and then it's like they show up now, like I like because I remember even growing up. Mm-hmm. Like even in the nineties, we were still scared to death of Russia and like, oh God. Like, right. please don't take them off. Please don't take them off. Like, no, 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 no. We played the stalemate game. Please don't do this. We don't want to do this. And then, I don't know, somehow we got, uh, like, past 2015, and it's like, hmm, no, blow up the world. I don't care.
0: Yeah. I think. I, mean, <laughs> I think that, you know, here's the problem, and I really debate this, but I wonder what the United States has that nobody else knows about. Because if we look back, we see Kennedy going, yeah, let's negotiate peace. You take those fucking missiles back where you put them, Russia. Then somewhere around Carter, there was this talk of peace. And of course, you know, Ronald Reagan went real big into the peace mission. And we go all the way through even Bush. You know, Mr. War-torn Bushes, either one of them loved war because it made the money on the gas. true. And then somewhere around... Um, Bush 2, we stopped being so worried about, oh, you're going to follow, fire missiles? Cute. Hey, Johnna, can you, uh, fire up F-1387 and just kind of, like, show them what can occur?
3: I don't know. I, like, I mean, I understand the need for kind of the, the, like, okay, what's, what's the hidden truth? And I think that's a natural reaction to it is like, okay, so what do we got that beats this? Because no one seems to be all that concerned. Right. But then I wonder if it's almost kind of like the Panini response where, you know, it's more so everything was really scary at the beginning. And it was was like we were at the edge of war. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we did that for like a generation, literally. Yeah. We did it for an entire generation. Like, we, we, I grew up with bomb drills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we were, like, they, they called them, like, you know, disaster preparedness drills. Right. Yeah. They were bomb drills. We were scared to death. Like, we were going to have bombs dropped on us. I got yeah. it. Um, and I think most people did. Right. Um, because it was, you know, it was part of the news. And, like, somewhere along the way did we all just kind of go yeah, they could do that. Mm Kind of hope they don't. Mostly. right? Um, But, you know, eh, if they do, what do we do to stop it? Like, we can't live in this constant state of
0: fear. And I'm sorry, he
3: just seems like an old boyfriend that keeps just coming
0: back and creating issues.
3: Well, yeah. Well, Russia in general, yeah. Is is kind of like this weird stalker X that sh- keeps showing up and is like, "Hi, did you forget about me?" Yes, we did. <laughs> on purpose. Yes, everyone did. Yes, everyone forgot about you because no one cares anymore. The only we
0: one to like, the one that's being a little bitch over there. Hello, North Korea how's your toys are they still doing well Quinn? Oh. family i understand you had a very passionate pen pal ship with your little friend that's no longer in
3: office who's now crying to the supreme court they took my papers yeah well yeah. but then you turn around and, and with north korea the, it was the same kind of thing is because i remember in the 90s mm-hmm. like flipping model you in i'll tell you what um mm-hmm. Like in the nineties, that was still the, the big hot topic was nuclear armament of uh, North Korea. Uh And again, it was this giant, like, Oh God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. How do we deescalate the situation? Don't do it. Right. And then again, I think it kind of we 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 did this, and I especially coming off the Cold War, I think it, it kind of fast tracked itself. Right. I, I don't know that we have any better weapons, th- really. Like I, I mean, some improvements, I'm sure, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know that we have anything better than we did then. I don't think we're right. really doing all that much better. Right. But I think that, that as a, as a country, as a people, as a populace of the world, mm-hmm. we just kind of got to the point of, well, that could happen. Right. And just moved on. It, it's sort of like where we're at now with the Padini, which is like, right. well, that could happen. Right. Moving right along in conversation. <laughs> you know, right. just is that necessarily the best reaction to have? Probably not um it's certainly not on the the panini uh yeah. but i mean argumentatively the same for nuclear armament and the right. situation of potential nuclear war total nuclear devastation mutually assured destruction however you want to phrase it i don't know that's the best place to be but i think it is where most of us are right like I think we had more that, like, you know, G.I. Joe's going to fix it. Right. Um, you know, through the 50s and the 80s, it, right. well into the 90s. And then somewhere right. in the 2000s, it was like, no, nah, we just don't care anymore. Right. Well, hello, Shannon. Welcome to
0: the table. Coffee hey, sitting Shannon. over there. Grab the cookies. Have a seat. All mm-hmm. right. So let's start out with. Well, you Real do have a question, point. side note. I know, I'm going to get it in between Are You an Asshole and Relationship Advice. Okay. All right, let's take on Relationship Advice. This
3: one will be fun. Ah, there we go. All right, well, this is a short one. Why do I get attached to boys too fast? I, 18 female, have a problem with getting attached to boys too quick. My father died when I was 13. I had a great relationship with him, and I don't have a a good relationship with my mom. When I hang out with a boy a couple of times and then he can't see me for the next time because he's busy, I have dark thoughts. I think they don't like me anymore. Can someone explain this problem? Because I really can't understand it. It's real easy. You really should not be trying anything
0: new. Yes, you do need therapy. You have daddy issues, but you have what is called new relationship hormone addiction
3: is that it yeah like i yeah i well i i don't know that it's like traditional daddy issues no like because typically when you say daddy issues people think of the like you know trying to get daddy's attention so you'll do anything to get that Mm mm-hmm I don't think that's where it is. I think it's, you know, she's looking for a man to save her. Right. So she has damsel in distress syndrome out the ass yeah. is what this sounds like. Right. And because she is, she she's in distress. Right. Um, And she's looking, I think, for a man to fix it. Like, I think that's who her father was. Mm-hmm. And then she went through a long period without that. And mom was not, you know, doing double duty. She was doing her best as a single mom. And not even trying to fill the daddy role. Um, So, yeah, I think that's where she's at. Is that she's just kind of still dealing with the abandonment. Mm -hmm. Having some problems there. Yes. So
0: my advice was one, get into therapy. Two. Find a life without a man and four, make everything about you and your life, and a man is a nice perk, Not required, but get to that point before you go getting them. Another man. If you want that much attention, get you a dog or get two. So while one's sleeping, another one can play with you.
3: And Shannon, the uh, Shannon, the answer is Brenda. Brenda told us you were eating Oreos.
0: Yes. <laughs> alright so let's take my question before we ask the world if you're an asshole
3: hey I'm not the asshole Um, alright so Phoenix 10678 is there a message I need to hear well let's see what the grand old terror has to say
0: All right, so first card up is the King of Swords. You need to be making some decisions. Are you liking it right now? Because then you got to go back and make things a little bit simpler with the Six of Cups, keeping it comfortable. And then you have the Ace of Pentacles, meaning you have a new financial opportunity coming your way. You just don't see it yet. So rock along there, but don't be a tyrant. Always remember the principle of kiss. Keep it simple, silly. All right, so what do you bring us from Are You the Asshole's Vault?
3: All right, am I the asshole for not paying for my niece's college tuition? I, 45 male, am a father of three, 25 male, 21 male, and 18 female. But I also take care of my niece, 17 female, after her father passed away. My wife, 45 female, and I always treated her like family, and we give her things equally to the others so that she doesn't feel left out. Honestly, really care about her, but financially, I can't support her all my life. When my eldest moved away, I had more money to spare, so I was able to get her more things. My daughter is now going away to college, so my niece was excited and came to my wife and I about colleges she liked. I told her it was great she was thinking in college, and I said it would be good for her to apply for scholarships now, so it would be easier later. She laughed and asked why when her tuition would be paid for. I told her that no, I wouldn't. I only had money to pay for my kids, but I would help her out with basic necessities. She was silent after that and went to her room. Apparently, she spoke to my father because he called me in a rage and said I was being cruel to her, especially since my brother was always close to me when he was alive. I told him I just didn't have the type of money saved, and he said if I cared for her, I would have started saving as soon as I took her in. My brother died very young, so he didn't have much saved, and my niece's mother's side isn't offering anything. I admit I could have told her earlier that I wouldn't pay for her tuition, but I didn't. Am I the asshole? Now, there's a little bit of an add-on here that I think is worth noting. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Let's get there. Okay. So, the dad, the, the um, brother, father, um, died when she was 11, so six years ago. Her mother was originally from the Netherlands and returned to her country, but didn't want to pull the child out of school and away from everything she knew and take her back to the Netherlands. But that's where the mom's from. That's where the mom is. Um, yeah. So they get very minimal from social security, like not enough. Like he has to supplement that. Um, like it doesn't really pay for everything. It helps, but it's not everything. Um and yeah. All right, those were the big ones.
0: All right, y'all guys aren't going to like me. I don't think he's the Mm -hmm. asshole. Uh,
3: I don't think he is either. I, I think this is one of those unfortunate situations that he may have responded like a dick, but I think it was like. And it was definitely a conversation that maybe needed to occur sooner and not with, like, the slap in the face it became. Um, Because she had this idea, and it was like, reality check.
0: Well, not only a reality check, but here's the thing. People do not like my opinion. I don't think parents should be paying for colleges. I don't. I don't
3: know. I don't know. I Like, I, I think it, I, there's the gold standard idea that parents pay for college or could pay for college, help out with college. I mean, and I don't think every parent ends up paying entirely for college. Like, my dad didn't. Right. Um, like, but there there was some supplementing there. Um, but, yeah, and I'm not trying to knock that. Without it, I wouldn't have right. finished college. Um, and that was actually my dad and my grandmother, but that's, you know, um, but no, I don't think he, he's the asshole. I think he handled it poorly. Um, but I don't think he's an asshole for, for being honest about the fact that financially he just can't do this, that like he right. started early, he planned ahead. And then six years ago, God handed his niece. Right. Uh, Well, see, here's the problem, Brenda, um, and and Asin, too. Mm -hmm. Here's my problem, is the the federal government expects parents to pay. Like, it it seems to be part of the concept. Because when you try to get loans Mm -hmm. as the so-called adult that you are, Mm -hmm. they immediately don't give a shit about you. They know you're broke. Right. Like, duh. Um, And then you do that lovely FAFSA, um, Mm -hmm. the free application for federal student aid. Mm -hmm. And you have to provide, or they expect you to, it's a real pain in the butt if you can't. Right. Your parents' um, income data. Right. So that they can determine how much you, as the student, are eligible for in any kind of federal aid. Right. The federal government assumes your parents are paying for your college or at least contributing meaningfully as much as they can um, (laughs) because they already know you, the student, are broke. Right. Well, on Um, average, she's going to get $600 a month until she's
0: 26 years old. One. Two. I don't know when we got into this world that parents pay for college and you know everything's just paid for up until you're 24, or 28, or 29 and parents have to save and work there are two and three jobs we've covered this topic before. Mm-hmm. Now you want college, work for it. You want college, bust your ass to get that. You want to work extra great. Does everybody need to go to college?
3: No i definitely agree with the last point. Not everyone needs to go to college. And right. I don't think parents need to push kids to go to college. And I think if you're going to force your child right. now turned adult, right. um, so your adult child to go to college just to satisfy a requirement that you've put upon them, then yeah, you need to pay for that. Right. Um, Because there's enough, like no one should be stuck with that. Right. Um. But otherwise, I right. can I can kind of see that. I don't think that that's necessary. That that should occur. But it right. is what our federal government, at least in the U.S., is what they assume is going to happen. Right. Right. Like, and it becomes a real problem because I I went right. through some of this myself. Um. At least in terms of having a deceased parent, and we've talked about that on the show and the nightmare that was. Um, but then also it became an issue with my father not wanting to provide that data. Right. Um, because at the point in which he told me to get AIDS and die, he decided he no longer needed to supply that information for my uh, FASPO recertification. Right. And uh, so we, we had a lovely right. um, back and forth conversation because you can't elect out like it's hard right. enough to get them to leave you the the fuck alone um with a dead parent mm-hmm. um the if you have a living parent right they assume that parent is going to willfully willingly lovingly give you that data right and the process breaks if you can't right. get it. Like you can literally get screwed out of going to college just because a parent says, I'm not giving you my data. Right. Well, and that's when you like have to go
0: and, you know, prove other documentation, that type of thing. Furthermore, the mother is still living in the Netherlands. Now in the Netherlands, they do have free college. Yeah. That child is technically an American and Netherland child. So therefore, the easy decision is to go live with mommy and go to college there and get a better education because we all know that you United... know for free. Yeah, and go for free.
3: Because I'm assuming the Netherlands has a nice, you know, yeah social uh college experience. Um if that's an option to her, I assume it probably is. It's probably no big it deal, is. but um, you know, it's one decision, it's one way to go about it, and it's probably a better educational opportunity right like even if she wants to come back to the states it's a different education it's it's a different set of thoughts depending upon what she wants to do
0: that can work out great for you yeah um university fees in the netherlands is free secondary to it, you know and that is everything plus you get like i'm going to say it's around um six to eight hundred dollars or you to live on while you're there mm-hmm. as a student the government gives you a stipend each month mm-hmm. you know they have better tuition in all your programs than we have here so that would have been yeah. the intelligent decision for this child to make but going oh i want to go let, go to study at green bay well that's cute
3: hmm I like. I'll give the mom some asshole points, but I really think the the biggest asshole in the whole situation is probably the grandfather. Uh-huh. Not because he doesn't want to pay for college or or doesn't like because I think a few commenters said, "Well, why don't he put his money where uh, where his mouth is?" Uh-huh. But just the fact that he started at Rage, uh huh, and didn't really like. Okay, what the hell, right. You know, and why did everyone have this assumption? Right. Um, Like, he didn't check the assumption or why he had it. He just launched into, I'm going to bully you. And it's like, it's great that they were close. Like, his his uh-huh. his sons were close when they were younger. That's great. I, you know, but there's a limit here. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, there's just... <laughs> Close isn't money in the bank. Close didn't, you know, take out a life insurance policy. Close didn't right. do a lot of financial planning, which granted is true for a lot of people. Right. Um, but then there becomes a point that, you know, as a 45-year-old father of three, mm-hmm. plus a, you know, benefactor of a niece. All right. At what point does it end? Like, right. it, it, you know, and... Like, this has been a f- pretty decent sacrifice up to this point, right? Is what it sounds like. So, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I'm not calling OP the asshole. I and I'm surprised because I started reading that one the fur like when I was picking it up for the show, and I'm like, oh, he's so the asshole, he's the asshole, he's the assholiest asshole, right. And then I like, it's like, no, I kind of see his point and I see where this is going and I see the problems here. Right. It's like, yeah, okay. Because I mean, like, my very first reaction to the title was like, why the fuck are you paying for your niece's college education? Then it's right. like, oh, you took her in. And, yeah. it's like, oh, and he was supposed yeah. to save up for her along with his other
0: three children at the same time. Why paying for another And dollar
3: catch dollar. up 11 years yes and catch up 11 years yes. like zero college savings boom here's your 11 year old mm-hmm. okay now you have to like backfill 11 years worth of college education exp- uh, pre planned savings mm-hmm. and then you've got to do that within like 7 years
0: right and my question is this thing 17 why was she not at a job why was she not hitting the newspaper route at 14 why was she not, you know, obviously, you know, mommy's
3: dearest isn't doing the best here. So now, I I've need got a lot up. of questions about mom. Yeah. Like, mom doesn't seem at all involved. Right. And I'm like, I don't know, is this just one of those situations where, like, you have a crappy brother who, you know, hooked up with some crappy woman and... They were just crappy parents and then one of them died and the other one shot back across, you know, the ocean. The pond. And it's like, yeah. see ya. Right. You know,
0: and then, you know, my question also is, you know, is there, was there death benefits? What was the use of those death benefits? Is there a tuition savings in those death benefits? You know, where's the rest of this?
3: Yeah, which, and the answer is probably not. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving right along, we do have one more question. We do. Let's go ahead and take that question. All right. So Natalie, 42184, says, give me whatever. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I want to see you in a, in a very dark lip, Natalie. Anyhow. So fine, there's your question. very mustache. dark, dark lip. Like a nice, uh, a nice blush lipstick all right first up we have the page of cups someone's talking someone's got something interesting going on then we have the five of wands here you need to get playing and engaging with people but there's emotional stuff you don't want to deal with with the two of swords here reminding you that it's going to cause you to take on a new battle and with that new battle your choices is your own all right
3: hey Um, natalie says send me shades uh, okay, I will not the shade. It. Don't send me the shade. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't be throwing shades at Natalie. Um, oh, Phoenix, did you miss it? Yeah, we done that. Yeah, he he like a few minutes ago. You're gonna have to like rewind. There was a message. Yeah. Message waiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Natalie's dying over there. Uh huh. Yeah, good deal. Oh, Robert, what's up? Not tonight? (laughs) Interesting. Do you have a headache? Oh, you had oh no, Phoenix had technical difficulties. Yeah, we understand that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's been my day.
0: <laughs> um Wifey. Um, Jeffree Star Cosmetic Color.
3: Oh there you go. Wifey want... is the, Wife. the shade. yeah Wifey. <laughs> wifey. <laughs>
0: I will share it. Oh,
3: God. Oh, at least it's not like peony pink. Right. That was my grandmother. Like, it's weird the things when you take care of someone for seven years that you learn about them. But my grandmother's lipstick shade was peony pink. Mm. She wore that damn shade of lipstick for, I don't know, my entire life. Uh Uh-huh. Well, she was like, she was a very white, white woman, so it actually looked like a dark lipstick shade. Uh, (laughs) You know, she was a little old white lady, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Apparently, when uh, Phoenix's screen flips, we sound drunk and he loses connection. It's actually really funny. Oh, okay. you're gonna have to video that and show it to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, apparently, wifey makes Natalie laugh. So, yeah. Give me a second. You're gonna show us wifey. Yeah.
0: It's actually a very pretty color.
3: Okay. Let's see where we went. Well, if I can get it to share. So are you suggesting, like, like bluish shades, I take it? No. Okay. Well, you said a dark. Yes. Well, it's kind of a bluish shade. No, that is not. There is no blue in that.
0: That is a nice, dark, crimson red.
3: Yeah, but crimson red has How hints of blue to it. her skin. Yeah, uh, well, Natalie says vampy. Yeah. Um <laughs> Brenda says it sounds like drunk robots when it glitches <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh yes. Welcome to the psychic coffee shop. Not to be confused with uh drunken divination. That's a totally different channel. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, I like I like the shade. I was just curious like what, what Tone family, you were going with, yeah. I swear yeah. to god, that's that's a bluish because your alternative was orangish. No, okay. Now, when you say
0: bluish, this is what I think you think of what makes me think of. It's
3: mm-hmm. like, where are we at on the scale? That's pretty- I didn't mean smurf. <laughs> good god i wasn't talking hypothermia blue yeah so brenda's like 50s pinup girl red eh, mostly yeah, darker mostly. more like 70s pin-up
0: girl red
3: Mm-mm. no 70s was not no yes no 70s pinup girl uh was a pink yeah like 70s were all about the neutrals it was either pink or brown,
2: mm-hmm.
3: like that—that that, like brownish tint. Yeah. It is a pretty blue. It is a pretty blue. Definitely <laughs>
0: has that yeah. color. Well, you're still on the property blue, and I really like that one from Jeffrey. He's not coming out. I thought he had one called "Show Me the Money." I'm looking
3: for. It. Oh, someone wants to know. Oh Lord, why are we laughing at Jeffrey Star? We're laughing at Jeffree Star because he uh, Asen has taken it upon himself to tell Natalie what color lipstick Natalie should... No, I said I'd like
0: to see this color lipstick on her. And I'm sorry, Jeffree Star is who I had to when I looked for colors because Jeffree Star's makeup has the right colors.
3: Okay, this sounds complicated. His ex-boyfriend who dated Bobby Eitz is on a reality show I watch now. Hi, Facebook user. Is it Emily again? I'm guessing at this point. I don't know. But no, we're not laughing at Jeffree Star.
0: No, we're not laughing at Jeffree Star. We like Jeffree Star. Um, Which we're forced to
3: say because we don't have the YouTube clout to take his ass on.
0: I don't Um, care. I, the only thing I want to take on is I want the fucking PR packs, Jeffrey. Deliver them. The address is down there, actually.
3: Hey, yeah. No. Because, at, like, at, like, Jeffree Star could cremate us and turn us into a um very limited edition, uh, like, eyeshadow.
0: He can cremate us as long as he gives me the cremated palette, okay? That's my point. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he owes a nude palette out here lately. But anyhow. Now, we were discussing makeup. And when we discuss makeup, we go to Jeffrey. Um, Granted, I don't have the budget for Jeffrey. But maybe if I did, we would.
3: Uh, no. see, I always go cover girl.
0: I don't do cover girl in showing colors because they're off. The latest Covergirl stuff looks like it came out of Two Face Makeups collab and failed.
3: <laughs> Ashley says and Wood, he ain't got no chill. Uh-huh. Again. Oh well. I'll I look like forward to being Star's into a compressed into a palette soon. Hi, Jeffrey.
0: Yes. I like Jeffrey Star makeup. I think yeah. he's
3: hilarious. Ooh, Mac is I okay, but it's out. classic.
0: Like, the stuff Mac has currently is nowhere near the quality Mac had.
3: I'm sorry. I'm still stuck in the world in which Mac was like the the underdog. I know they've gone on since then, but w- when I hear that, my brain just goes, "Why?" Yes. Like, no, they used to be like... Mm. Ooh, Brenda's got a question.
0: All right, we'll take this one.
3: All right, Brenda2263, what is with my sister? Uh, and that's in quotes, because as far as I know, I don't have one. That um, people have asked me about all my life. They don't even know why they said it after they refer to her. Mm.
0: Oh, that's past cell memory. You used to have a twin sister two lives ago. You know her now. Um But that's the one they keep talking about. Okay. Okay. See, I miss when he would actually review makeup. Like, that's how I discovered Jeffrey, is when he done makeup, not his music. I wish he would get back to reviewing some makeup.
3: Who got angry? Robert. That pissed
0: somebody off. I mentioned Jeffree Star, I got to piss somebody off.
3: Oh, Robert got angry.
0: Oh, poor Becky robert all i guess right. he does
3: have a headache give him some <sighs> aspirin all right so ready for ashley yes okay ashley 826.96 one what do tomorrow's events have for me i'm expect expecting a very eventful day two i'm thinking i'm laughing a business and need insight and will it be a flop or a bop oh you're launching a business okay thank you like i was like what see just let plays into the game sometimes it helps it helps
0: yes well you're gonna have a path choice to make tomorrow you got to decide what you want to do with it don't let your emotions hold you back but also don't be the rescuer in this game i don't think your business will be a flop but i think you need to get in there and do some more damn research into it be digging it up a little bit deeper and making sure that you don't set boundaries you can't hold up to all right you'll be launching a business yes launch it yes all right, guys. We have reached that precipice time. We've actually gone a little longer, but that's okay. It'll be good. it all good.
3: I'm they gone. say they want shorter shows, but then when we try to do shorter shows, they want longer shows. I don't They'll know what to get do with the them. Shows that we provide exactly,
0: <laughs> especially with those cable company that you get to go and aggravate with because. According to what I'm running, we're still good.
3: I know, right? There yeah. ah, But yeah. All
0: right, guys. We will be back on Thursday with coffee and cof-
3: coffee and tea, not coffee and tea. <gasps> New show idea: Coffins and Tea, special for fucking October. That's where you were at. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, feel it. It. I love it.
0: I do want to talk a moment about tomorrow night, though. You guys normally get a respite on Wednesday nights. You're not getting one this week. Lady Gwendolyn's coming in with her cauldron, and she's (laughs) stirring up some mess at 8 o'clock. Be sure to stay, to tune in. Enjoy her cauldron readings. It'll be fun. Um, (laughs) She'll be on for at least two months on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And with that, we We'll be letting you guys go for a lovely evening. It was great talking tonight about Anana and the book. Be sure to go grab that. The link's in the description and it's up there. And also, let's see, what else is going on? Mountain Bears is on tonight is on uh, Friday night and then Psychic the Plans is on Friday night. Psychic the Plans is on Friday night? No, it's on the sunday night i don't know I, I, guys it has been a busy week and my planner looks like it's bleeding ink again
2: oh, but hey, no.
3: that's the fun part of this stuff all right guys you have a magical evening and we'll talk to you later all right, and we do want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryan, Ashley Gish, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Donna White, and The Laughing Tree Grove. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a barista and receive all the wonderful benefits that our Patreons receive, please visit us at pcsbnetwork.com. Yep. Good night, y'all. Good night. <laughs>
2: stacked you can't whisper behind my back you can show me how the odds are up against me all day long but i've been through the fire and come out alive and there's no more fear in my eyes well, now i'm rising and you can't bring me down you can't stop me now